History Lessons, a slow walk through Texas history made in Texas by a Texan for everyone everywhere. Over the land is April, over my heart a rose. Over the high brown mountain the sound of singing goes. Say, love, do you hear me? Hear my sonnets ring? Over the high brown mountain, love, do you hear me sing? By highway, love, and byway, the snows succeed the rose. Over the high brown mountain, the wind of winter blows. Say, love, do you hear me? Hear my sonnets ring? Over the high brown mountain, I sound the song of spring. I throw the flowers of spring. Do you hear the song of spring? Hear you the songs of spring? That is a poem, Over the Land is April, by Robert Louis Stevenson. I'm Michael, and welcome to Texas History Lessons. And we're celebrating the month of April, which is also National Poetry Month, which is why I chose... That poem about April by Stevenson, one of my favorite writers growing up. April is also Arab American Heritage Month, Jazz Appreciation Month, and as I said, National Poetry Month. And speaking of poetry, did you know that the Texas has had a poet laureate for the state since Judd Mortimer Lewis was named the first poet laureate of Texas quite a long ways back? Emmy Perez was the state's poet laureate in 2020, and I think we're due another one pretty soon. On April 1st, it's April Fool's Day, and it's National Burrito Day. April 2nd is National Peanut Butter and Jelly Day. April 5th is National Deep Dish Pizza Day. April 6th, you can celebrate New Beer's Eve, because April 7th is National Beer Day. And hey, to all you beer drinkers... Out of the many beers made here in Texas, do you have a favorite? Shinerbach? How about Revolver Blood and Honey? Roaring Sons Texas Red Amber? Oh, how about Nakona Beers Peanut Butter Stout? There's so many different people brewing. An episode on Texas brewing would be pretty interesting. We might have to look into that someday. Or are you like some people I know and you just like to stick with good old Lone Star? And... In addition, on National Beer Day, National Beer Day is also World Health Day. That doesn't really make sense for me, but whatever. April 12th is National Grilled Cheese Sandwich Day. The 13th, you get to enjoy National Peach Cobbler Day. And the 16th of April is Selena Day. So go find your copy of Dreaming of You, Amor Prohibido, Entre a Mi Mundo, Vin Conmingo, or just Selena, and celebrate the music of a Texas singer whose life was cut way too short back in 1995. Now, Selena Quintanilla Perez was born August 16th, 1971 in Lake Jackson, and she won eight Tejano Music Awards for being the Female Entertainer of the Year, and her album, Entre a Mi Mundo, made her the first Tejana to sell more than 300,000 copies of a record. And sadly, in March of 1995, she was murdered by the founder of her first fan club. So go celebrate her music. Go watch the movie. Uh, if I remember, it's okay. The biopic about her. Or better yet, just listen to 
her music and pick up this month's copy of Texas Monthly. She's on the cover, and there's a great article celebrating her memory. She was a she was a artist that was taken from us too soon, um, but yet we can at least still honor her memory. The next day, April seventeenth, is Husband Appreciation Day. I need to make sure my wife knows that. Um, April twenty second is Earth Day. April twenty fourth is National Arbor Day, and everyone knows that the Texas State tree is the pecan tree. But did you know that it is native to more than 150 counties? And while we are one of the largest producing, pecan producing states, we're not number one. Um, I think that title goes to one of the other southern states like Georgia. And April 25th, so plumbers get ready because it's National Hug a Plumber Day. And April 30th is International Jazz Day. And what about all the significant events in Texas history that occurred during the month of April. Well, I'm glad you asked. I always get to it eventually. Thank you for being patient. So let's travel back to 1540. April 22nd, 1540, famed Spanish explorer Francisco Vasquez de Coronado set out from Mexico from a place called Culiacan in search of the seven cities of Cibola. Now, Cibola actually ended up being some Zuni villages in western New Mexico that had no gold or riches, and Coronado pressed on, following a story of wealth in Quivara. And he marched through the Llano Estacado of eastern New Mexico and the Texas Panhandle and passed through the Palo Duro Canyon and eventually reached the Wichita's in Kansas. And again, there was no gold or wealth. His mission was considered a failure, but we got a lot of good information about the early peoples that were living here and where they lived and how they lived. That was recorded and passed down. Now, the governor of Coahuila, Alonzo de Leon, traveled north in April of 1689 searching for La Salle's settlement. And on this trip, he named the Nueces River, Rio de las Nueces, or River of Nuts, because of the abundance of, you guessed it, pecan trees growing on its banks. De Leon then discovered and named the Guadalupe River near the present-day side of Victoria, Texas. And we're going to learn a lot more about Coronado, De Leon, and other travelers very, very soon, I promise you, as part two of Texas History Lessons Spanish Texas is about to begin. It's going to be a lot of fun. And we're going to be learning a lot about these adventures that these people had. And significant things like this. How does Nueces got its name? Other rivers got its name from these early explorers. Now, San Pedro Springs Park is located at 2200 North Flores in San Antonio. It's a 46-acre park surrounding the source of Yes, of course, San Pedro Springs. It is the oldest park in Texas and the second oldest in the United States. On April 13, 1709, Franciscan fathers Antonio de San Buenaventura y Oliveras and Isidro Felix de Espinosa reached the site of what is now the city of San Antonio and named the nearby springs that they found San Pedro Springs. 
you've heard about these springs before if you've listened to the earlier episodes, especially on the Coatecons. The springs were the location of a Payaya Indian village known as Yanaguana and is the original site of the city of San Antonio. And the fathers were part of an expedition to locate and befriend the Tejas on the Colorado River. They did not find the Tejas at the Colorado and returned to San Juan Bautista. We're going to be learning a lot about this in greater detail very soon also. Several years later, on April 1st, 1813, Jose Maximiliano Gutierrez de Lara, who was leader of the Republican Army of the North, we talked about them last month, this is the day he captured San Antonio. Gutierrez wanted to create a Republic of Texas that he could use as a base to free Mexico from Spanish rule. He never succeeded in his efforts, even though he did keep trying. But Mexico did gain its freedom from Spain. Last month, we saw that the Mexican government passed a law that allowed settlement from the United States under the guidance of impresarios. On April 14, 1825, Hayden Edwards, Green DeWitt, and a gentleman named Robert Leftwich received their contracts for colonization. DeWitt had the most success, but the Edwards colony and the Leftwich grant, which later became known as the Robertson Colony, they had difficulties due to controversies and legal disputes. Five years later, on April 6th, the Mexican government passed a law that forbade the further introduction of slaves into Mexico and Article 11 was intended to prohibit or limit immigration from the United States. This law upset many Texas colonists. Stephen F. Austin, however, succeeded in getting an exemption for his and Green DeWitt's contracts. This was one of the first events that laid the foundation for the Texas Revolution. That revolution, following a bloody month of death and loss, was won on April 21st, 1836, when Sam Houston's army of 910 defeated General Santa Anna's army of about 1,200 men. The fall of the Alamo and death of all defenders, along with the execution at Goliad in March, led to a bloodlust for revenge. According to Houston's official report, they killed 630 Mexicans and captured 730. The Texans claimed to have only lost nine lives and had about 30 wounded who would survive, including Houston, who ended up having a really bad ankle injury and having to leave fairly soon by boat for New Orleans to get medical care. Now I'm going to take this opportunity to take a short break and thank Age of Radio for hosting Texas History Lessons, and we'll be right back. Now, we know, of course, that the Battle of San Jacinto was not the end of violence and bloodshed in the history of Texas. One of the biggest gun battles in the history of the West occurred on April 7th, 1886, a day after a city election had been held in Laredo, Texas. In 1884, a couple of years before this happened, two political factions kind of came into existence in Laredo and Webb counties, and they gave themselves the name. One group was Botas, meaning boots, and the other group were the Guaraches, or sandals. The Botas were seen as being for the wealthy class, even though they had the support of the less fortunate classes, 
And the Guaraches were the reform faction that sought betterment for the lower classes and the, the poor working people. Now, in the city of election 1886, in Laredo, the Guaraches only won two seats. The next day, the Botas paraded in the streets, celebrating and promising to bury a Guarache in effigy. The Guaraches were not happy with this and attacked the parade. And up to 250 men went on to battle with each other. Two companies of the 16th United States Infantry and one company of the 8th Cavalry had to step in to stop the violence. History remembers it as the Laredo election riot. Official reports claim that it resulted in only 16 dead. Other claims, though, argue that as many as 30 died from the event with up to 45 wounded. It was a very bloody, bloody day and not a proud moment in Texas politics. A few years later, another significant political event happened, this time without bloodshed, luckily. On April 8th, 1893, Rebecca Henry Hayes of Galveston, who was vice president for Texas of the National American Woman Suffrage Association, and 10 other women, a majority of whom were members of the Women's Christian Temperance Union, called for a statewide convention on women's suffrage. Beginning on May 10th, 1893, they held a three-day convention at the Grand Windsor in Dallas, at which the Texas Equal Rights Association was chartered. Now, it had some internal dissension, and it ended by 1896, but at least it laid the foundation for later groups, like the successor organization, the Texas Equal Suffrage Association, that was created in 1903 with the help of a lady named Annette Finnegan. The group helped lead the long fight for women's suffrage and women finally received the right to vote in primary elections in 1918, and Texas became the first state in the South and the ninth in the nation to ratify the 19th Amendment in June 1919. So some good does happen in Texas. We're not always the last to uh, get on board. Now, Texas History Lessons has covered two of the three worst disasters the state has suffered in terms of death, the 1900 Galveston hurricane and the March 1937 New London school explosion. Both had lasting effects. The second worst disaster in Texas in terms of death and the worst industrial disaster in American history occurred on April 16, 1947, when a French-owned vessel, the SS Grand Camp, loaded with tons of ammonium nitrate, exploded. It wiped out the city. It wiped out the, the port up to 576 known dead. Only 398 of them were able, being able to be recognized and identified. Nobody really knows how many people died in this horrible, horrible event. Thousands were injured. It was heard for miles and miles. And just like the New London episode, I'm going to do a full episode on it when we celebrate the disaster on April 16th, 1947. We will be having that episode in a couple of weeks. So you can look forward to that, learning more about it, more about the outcome. Why did it happen? How did it happen? And how bad was it really? And since it is International Jazz Month, let's end the episode celebrating the life of William M. Red Garland, who died on April 23rd, 1984 in Dallas, Texas the legendary jazz pianist 
was born in Dallas in 1923. And after leaving the Army in 1944, he started playing in jazz bands. He was part of one of jazz music's most exciting periods in its evolution and development. And from what I understand, his piano playing was in large part the basis for much of the 1950s classic jazz sound. During which, from 1955 to 1958, Red Garland played piano for the legendary Miles Davis. After which he went and started his own jazz trio. His last public performance was at the Park Central Jazz Festival in Dallas in 1981. So that's going to do it for this month in Texas history. These are but a few of the many interesting dates to remember in the many Aprils in the history of Texas. And I look forward to investigating many of them and others in greater detail in the future. So if you have any that you want to be remembered in upcoming months, any particular days you want brought up for next month, be sure to contact us at texashistorylessons at gmail.com. You can also go visit texashistorylessons.com. We're on Twitter. We have a Facebook group that keeps growing with people that join. Feel free if you do join the Facebook group to actually share interesting articles or topics of discussion that you want. I can't always be present on that, but hey, you can have fun with that. And uh, thanks everybody for listening. I want to thank Ron, Jay, Kay, Josh, Tim, and everybody else that's been supporting me with Patreon. I do have a Patreon. And as soon as this episode is recorded when I hit end here I'm going to upload it early to Patreon so that's a that's a benefit you can get if you can't wait to hear what's going to happen in uh, this month in Texas history as soon as I get um, episodes recorded I'm going to go ahead and load them to Patreon and then schedule them for their normal release date thanks to everybody for positive support had lots of nice comments from people a lot of suggestions about how to make the show better Thanks to Jared Flushy for participating as Texas History Lessons Artist of the Month. And we're going to close out with another song from his album, Jared Flushy. So enjoy this. Go check him out on the road as he's out touring with Giovanni and the Hired Guns. They are all over the place. Just go to GiovanniandtheHiredGuns.com and see where they're playing this week for you. You will not be disappointed. And you can see Jared Flushy. So thanks again, everybody. We'll see you again soon. Adios. I've talked and talked about it to myself. I think I've finally made it clear. I gotta pick back up the pieces and fix the things around here. I've been telling lies and I've been paraphrasing thoughts Trying to fix the man that I once was Broken down time and time again I was trying to get back up Silently kicking while I try to regain trust It took some time to fall Took even longer to fly And I'm finally gaining balance of it all
Took even longer to fly 